Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Good evening, everyone. Good to see you. You're all looking well. Turn to the person beside you and say, can you lend me a favor? <laughs> anybody, anybody get anything? No? <laughs> I, bet you, I bet your neighbor said, oh, I'm just, I've, just, I've just got cards. <laughs> good. Well, here, it's good to be together, isn't it? And um, this is our sick first night. We'll just baptize two young ladies which is so exciting, watching people and young people go through the waters of baptism is so beautiful. And um, yeah, and this morning we had all in Sunday here in Lurgan, and I know in Portadown you guys are um, crossing over in the new territory as well, in more ways than one. So lots happening and exciting stuff to talk about. And um, what I thought I'd do t- tonight, just chatting to the lads. Um, we, can you put, can you put um, Jonathan's photograph up? And I'll start with that and talk to you a little bit about this. Um, I met Jonathan back in 2019, just pre-COVID. I met him at a conference um, in the Isle of Man. I was doing a couple of seminars at the conference. Jonathan was one of the speakers, one of the main speakers. And I was really impressed with his ministry, really impressed with his catalytic heart for evangelism. He just captured the room. And um, I sort of stalked him the next morning over breakfast, got a coffee with him, chatted about him coming to Ireland. And um, he has been doing this for 35 years. So he's in big demand, travels all over the world. And um, I saw thousands of people come to Christ, literally thousands of people. And so... um, uh, we tried to we tried to nail down a date that didn't happen, and then that strange thing called COVID happened, which wiped us out for a couple of years. And um, then post COVID, Jonathan and I started talking again. We started talking about dates for 23 and for 24, believe it or not. And um, but two weeks ago, he gave me a buzz to say that a church in England had cancelled the weekend and put it forward till 2023. And he said, Phil, just in the off chance, do you think it would work? So we sat down with the guys and we talked and we said, not a chance, it'll never work, but let's go for it. So um, it was sort of that wacky, crazy thought. It's only two to three weeks away and it seems ridiculous. But hey, if God has ordained it in this way, let's make it work. So Jonathan's coming in on the Friday. He's coming in Friday afternoon, Robbie and Ryan here in Lurgan have organized an outreach for youth, the vital and collective guys. And uh, we would love across the churches, Lurgan, Portadown, Cara and Shalom to really avail of this. Um, So young adults, um, youth, collective, vital, that age group on the Friday night. And then on the Saturday morning, he's going to do a training with us, 10 o'clock to 11.30 or so. Um, evangelism training and we'll get coffee and scones for that there's a sign up for that in church suite so just so we know who is coming along to that and then on Sunday we're going to have them all day here in Lurgan 
and finishing that Sunday night at 6.30 with a, a, an outreach. And, um, and I did this this morning in Lurgan um, in our own congregation, but I know we've got Porter Down guys here as well. But if you have a loved one, a friend, a neighbor, or somebody really close to you who's not saved, put up your hand. That's pretty incredible, all right? All of us have, all of us have. And when we begin to think of our spheres of influence, um, we have such a responsibility. And uh, what, what, if, what if on that weekend, 21st to 23rd of September or October, we could see 100 people come to Christ? Like, it's not out of the way. It's not the biggest goal in the world for the amount of people that's in this room tonight. If everybody in this room brought one, we'd be twice that. So, um, so I'd love you to pray about it. I'd love you to think about it. Um, tonight, during worship, uh, what I'd love us to do, up here at the front, there's a table and there's a cross and there's a basket and there's loads of pens here as well. On our little, just pre-COVID as well, we had this dream of a thousand lives. What about in this next season we could see a thousand lives changed? And we put this little card out that um, we would pray for some people. And so on the back, um, there's a, a prayer on the back and there's a space to write, I pray for. And what I'd love you to do, what I'd love you to do, I'd love you during worship to make your way to the cross uh, to the table, to write down their first name. We don't need second names, all right, with all that stuff, whatever you call it. Um, just first names and, um, and drop it into the basket. And what we'll do over the next two weeks, we will pray for these. Our prayer meeting, we'll lay them out on the floor and we'll bathe them in prayer, all right? Uh, and staff, we will pray for them as elders. We will pray for them day and daily. So, um, if you would just write a first name, there's one in the basket already, somebody came up there earlier that couldn't be here tonight and give a, their name to somebody else, so there's one in the basket already. So let's fill this basket tonight with names and let's pray them into the kingdom. Let's see them one for Christ. Wouldn't that be a great goal? Wouldn't that be amazing um, before we roll out of October to see a hundred people plus come to Christ? And then you know what happens with that, don't you? because new converts are the best evangelists. So you imagine the knock-on effect of that is very, very powerful. So just before we go into worship, let me share a couple of wee thoughts, because um, we are called to be salt and light, and salt you expand, light you attract, all right? Salt you put out, and so we go. With salt we go, and we go into our communities, we go out and we um, tell people about Jesus, and with light we attract all right, we bring people in. And Jesus had this incredible way of doing both. He was, uh, Mark 1, 35, talks about Jesus going up into the mountain to pray. And we all know people, self-included, it wouldn't do us any harm to get up into the mountain and pray now and again. That's really important to do. But if you're like me, you probably know some people, it would be a good idea if they'd come down the mountain now and again and, um, and get Effect, in, in effect, talking to people. And Jesus lived that balanced life where he had intimacy with the Father and he had involvement with people. And they're both so important. And if we can live that life where we have intimacy with the Father and involvement with people, then um, I said to Jill Weber here a couple of weeks ago when she was with us at the Tabar Conference, 
little saying that I've had for years, when you're abiding, there's no hiding. When you're abiding, there's no hiding. I said to our worship leaders sometime, when our worship leaders are spending time with Jesus, there's no hiding it. You can't hide the fact, spend the time with Jesus. Something comes out. It has to come out. It's the overflow. Because if we're just living with, if we're just living with filling ourselves up all the time, and that's what happens in today's society. We just live in a society where we just get topped up all the time. We come and we get topped up. But God doesn't want us to live like that. God wants us to live a life of overflow. What's in the cup is for you. What overflows is for others. And the overflow of the Spirit is a very powerful thing when we start to be re-engaged with the Spirit that overflows in our lives and people um, get touched by that. In Philippians 2, Paul's writing to a church in Philippi, and he says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not amazing? Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mind as Christ Jesus. What was that? Well, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And because of that, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that's above every name. Beautiful, isn't it? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. Every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, um, <clears throat> I love that. Jesus, in John 13, stooped to wash his disciples' feet and he endorsed them to do the same. This is what I want you to do. And in John 1.14, it tells us in the message version, it says that Jesus moved into the neighborhood. He became one with the people. He moved down amongst the people. He became flesh and moved into the neighbor, neighborhood. And this was the God of Sinai. Jesus Christ is God in flesh. This was the God who made Sinai tremble in Exodus 19. And he became flesh. Um, implanted into a virgin's womb. And became flesh for you and I. Pretty incredible. And Paul says, this is the mind that I want you to have. Someone who would love us so much that would do that. And, uh, and now God has a new body. It's called the church. And we are the body of Christ. You know, um, we, we live in a day of cheap TV. It's called reality TV. And they stick cameras in people's homes or in big houses. And people watch them live and sleep together. Big brother and all of that. It's reality TV. They didn't invent it. God invented it. Um, reality TV, we get it in the four Gospels. We get a camera lens on the life of Jesus from four different people, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And we see how he lived. We see how he walked. We see how he worked. We see how he slept. We see how he treated his neighbor. We see how he treated the poor. We see how he treated the sick. And uh, it's pretty awesome. 
And um, what we do is when we look into the life of God, what we see in Jesus is we see love. We see sacrificial love. We see sacrifice. We see peace. We see forgiveness. We see humility. We see selflessness. We see all the opposites of our times that we live in. And we need to get real as the church and be like Jesus. Have this mind among you which was in Christ Jesus. And could, be, could this be the reason why the church maybe in general is not attracting people the way it ought to? Um, and uh, three little things just really quickly and then the guys are going to lead us in worship and we're going to pray it tonight. But, um, and the first, in evangelism, I think there's just three principles really. There's probably loads more, but in my simplicity, simplicity I think there's just three principles. And the first one is getting to where the people are. Jesus moved into the neighborhood. He became flesh, moved into the neighborhood, being around where the people are. You see, um, the thing is people move, culture moves. Culture moves at 100 mile an hour. The church sometimes moves at 10 mile an hour. And the problem is when we get to where they are, they're gone. And we need to think differently. We need to think with the culture of heaven and we need to be where people are. I love this about our church. I love this about Portadown. I love this about Lurgan. I think we're good at being where people are. And then the second principle is we need to learn how to engage. We need to learn how to talk to people. And um, uh, we need to think how, how to talk to people. We need to think about maybe, uh, I was thinking this yesterday, how do, we, how do we tell our story in a couple of minutes? How do we say, Look, can I tell you what happened to me in just a couple of minutes? to learn how to condense her story. Jesus asked a woman at a well for a drink. That just started a whole conversation. You're asking me for a drink? Jesus knew how to engage with people. The good Samaritan, Luke 10, came to where the person was. He engaged. He got down off his base and helped him. He engaged. Acts 8.30, Philip goes to where the eunuch was. He engaged. He went to where he was. Which leads to the third principle, bringing people to where we want them to go. And we live in a, I love the compassion ministry of our churches. I love the fact that we help the poor. I love the fact that we have clothing bank and food bank and pantry. I love all those things. And the social justice side of things is really, really important. And it's so important that we continue to do that. The danger is if we just do that and don't tell people that, Jesus, we swing the pendulum. The reason we do this is because people need Jesus. People need Jesus. And we need to take them to where we want to go. Have we earned the right to be heard? Have we engaged? And that's what I think our compassion and justice ministries do. They give us the right to be heard. We earn a right to speak into people's lives. And, um, and probably important that we just don't have our little pet passages. Sometimes we can have our little sort of pet passages and Sort of like the grand old Duke of York. We take them up the hill and then we lead them down again. So, and I think sometimes we just need to become and becoming adaptable and apply these principles to our lives and move with compassion, think with Jesus' mind, see with the eyes of Christ, love with his heart, act with his hands, go with his feet, speak with his lips. Why? Because we are the body of Christ. It's beautiful, isn't it? The guys are going to come, we're going to worship. Um, we're called to go, as I said at the start, we're called to be salt and light. Paul actually said in 
1 Corinthians 9, he said he had become a servant to all. Incredible, isn't it? And I love how the message puts it. It says he didn't take on their morals or change to their way of life, but he entered their world. I'd love you to think this next two weeks, whose world you could enter? Whose world could you enter to bring about change in their lives, to bring them to knowledge and faith in Christ? Wouldn't it be amazing that in a few months' time, your friends and neighbors are saying, would, would, would you help baptize me? It was lovely today that two girls asked their friends to help baptize them. Beautiful, isn't it? People have been influential in their lives. And so this is why they call Jesus the friend of sinners. So whose world could you enter? Maybe an old person, maybe a work colleague, a neighbor like Andrew and who brought Peter to Jesus. He just told him in the boat the next day. He didn't arrange a meeting. He didn't try to meet him in New Haven. He, he, just, he just met him in the boat the next day and he said, guess what? I met somebody yesterday. I think he could be the real deal. I think this is Jesus. I think this is the one we've been waiting on. And of course, over and over, we see that. Um, and so it's backed by prayer. So I'd love you to really, really pray for this. I'd love the guys I know in Portadown. There's loads of evangelists and we're all got to do the work of an evangelist. Let's not just leave it to the evangelists, but we've all got to do the work of an evangelist. And so I'm thinking of praying last night, and I was thinking of you, Jason, just the, the heart that you carry for people. And um, I, just, I just think this could be a moment. I was, I'm a bit of a weather freak. Most of you who watch my devotions know that. I do the weather every morning before I do the Word of God. It's terrible. And um, I... Uh, I, I, I knew that the weekend was going to be dodgy, so I went out to cut my grass on Thursday evening. And I was cutting the grass on Thursday evening. I was starting to pray about this weekend coming up. And I started to weep, just felt God begin to break my heart for the lost. And I'd been praying that the last wee while. God, would you, would you break my heart for lost people again? And, and, I, was, and I needed wipers. I started to get blurry a little bit. And, and then I felt God say to me, I think it was God said it to me. This is what I thought anyway, and I think it was God. He said, uh, Phil, what if this could be the beginning of the last day harvest? Well, that was it. Like, I was gone. I just thought, oh, God, I'd love to be part of that. I'd love to be alive when that happened. I'd love that to happen in my lifetime. I'd love to be part of that last day gathering in of souls. Wouldn't it be good, Mo, to be part of such a a gathering in. So it's backed by prayer. We need to pray for it like never before. We're going to do that tonight. It's a priority, guys. It's a priority. I heard this a few weeks ago in the Bible school. An old mentor told David McClay, he says, keep evangelism at the top of the barrel. Because he said, if you don't keep it at the top of the barrel, it'll soon sink to the bottom. So it's a priority. It's Holy Spirit directed. It's the power of God telling us to do it. And I think it's accomplished by specific planning, by understanding. It's satanically opposed. The enemy hates this. It's focused on both groups and individuals. And it's accompanied by a demonstration of power. And that's why I love Jonathan, because his gifting is salvation and healing. Moves in the gifts very powerfully. And is strategically mobile. Called Isaiah 61, um, the passion and power of Jesus. On and on I could go, but that's just my little ramblings. Cards are here. Um, we left a bit of space to move around. 
love us to worship tonight. Our worship is our intercession. So as we worship tonight, I'd love you to start thinking about people. I'd love you, if you need to write more than one card, we've got thousands of them things. So don't be thinking you're wasting cards, all right? If you need to use more than one, use as many as you want. Just write the names, pop them into the basket. Let's get praying, all right? Let's bow our heads and still our hearts a moment or two. Thank you, Father. We love you, God. We love the fact that uh, you've called us in Isaiah 61 to preach to the poor, Luke 4. Heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, sight to the blind, set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to say, this, this could be it. This could be our day. This could be our moment. So God, I pray that as we worship tonight, that you begin to set our hearts in fire for our neighbor. You begin to set our hearts in fire for our moms or our dads or our kids, our brothers or sisters, our loved ones, our work colleagues. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but I just often think I grew up a brethren boy, and the old brethren preachers often would have scared your life, the life out of you with stuff like this because they, 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 they beat the drum about salvation all the time, and I loved it. And they used to say, an old brethren preacher, Mr. McKee, and he used to say, he was a really wee small man, and my dad actually built a little stool for him to stand on so they could see him over the platform. And um, he had this funny little pun he used to say, is that all? No, it's not. Is there more? Yes, there is. Much more, loads more. That was a little pun. And he used to say this, he used to say that when uh, we stand with Jesus at the great white throne, we'll be with him. Because whenever we rise to be with the Lord, we're forever with the Lord. So when he judges the living and the dead, we're gonna be there. Imagine your neighbor coming for judgment and we're on that side and they're on that side and we never told them. Scary, isn't it? We never told them. So God, I pray right now that you would challenge our hearts to be the evangelist that you've called us to be. If it's the last day of harvest, thank God that we get to be part of it. Whatever it is, God, we're excited to be in with you in this whole idea of seeing the lost one for Jesus. Okay, let's stand. Let's worship together. Thanks, Holly and the guys. Let's worship together and let's see where we go. Remember the little cards. So uh... 
Great, your love was great. 
we uh, just take a moment, say Stanton, can we just take a moment and pray for all of these? I reckon there'll be more that will come before the night's out, but there's hundreds of cards here, hundreds. And uh, I tell you, this is going to be a good weekend. Rather than me just pray, can you pray for the person that you put in? Can you pray? Um, the person beside you is not really listening to you anyway, so just lift our voices. Can we lift our voices in the house and pray for the people? Might even want you to say their initial if you don't want to say their name out loud, but whatever. God, come tonight, we pray. We lift these names to you. Or we lift them before heaven tonight. God, when we survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, our richest gain we count but loss. Thank you, Father. we think of the impact of every name in this basket we think of the spheres of influence of the people whose names are here we think of their families we think of the people that they will influence we think of the knock on effect of these few hundred names God we just God can we just give it to you tonight Lord, would you put in our hearts not just to be a token gesture of writing a name and a card, but God, can you just challenge our hearts to pray like we've never prayed before for these people. Lord, to intercede on their behalf. And Lord, to bring them that Sunday night to hear the gospel simply preached with an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus. Sometimes in our prayer life, we're going to continue to worship, but sometimes in our prayer life, what we can do is we can <clears throat> be so busy praying for stuff for ourselves. We can be so busy just um, our own list is so long and it seems unending. And uh, one of the things about intercession is intercession, we often say here in Lurgan, intercession is building an intersection. Intercession is grabbing God by one hand and grabbing the person that you wrote on that little card on the other hand and pulling them together with your prayers and pulling them together with such power that you build a road. Your prayers actually build a road where the two meet. It's the most beautiful thing to be able to do. And in your intercession, as you pull those people towards God, the power of God moves in that, in that, in that moment. And so God, I pray that you would challenge all of our hearts just to be the builders of that road. That we'd be people who will stand in the gap for our friends and our neighbors and our loved ones.
that we'd be people who'd say, not on my watch. Not on my watch are these people going to be lost. So God, challenge our hearts. and that every person has around five to eight spheres of influence. Your existing networks like mums at the school gate, um, your work, your family, your wider family unit, places where you do recreation and all of that and on and on I could go. And I just challenge you over the next week, couple of weeks to think about those existing networks, those spheres of influence that don't involve you going across the sea but for someone like me it might involve me walking across the street um, and talking to a neighbour so God would you challenge our hearts as we continue to worship you tonight
beautiful being able to, to sing these songs and to write the names and to pray these prayers. 
you know, um, the, the greatest thing, the greatest joy that we have is being the answer to these prayers ourselves. That um, we, we've both, in both churches, Lurgan and Port Adam, been on this series in different ways and different expressions, but in the book of Joshua. And the thing that's really caught my heart over the last while, I shared this a couple of weeks ago in Lurgan. I'm sorry to repeat myself, but I just feel we just need to stay on this. In the narrative that we read of a woman called Rahab, a woman who was redeemed, she ends up in the lineage of Jesus. And what we see is that because through her life, Rahab was known, I know there's children, but she was known as a harlot. And yet she gets redefined. No longer she known as Rahab the harlot. Actually, when Matthew's gospel reader is Rahab the mother of Boaz. She was a mother in the kingdom. She was a mother in the kingdom. Through her life came about. She was a person who was repurposed. You know, guys, I don't know of any greater purpose in our lives than it is to be part of the church of Jesus Christ. I don't know of any greater purpose or responsibility that we have to be in part of Jesus' church, be in his body. We have the responsibility of making him known here on earth in these days. And this is what it says in the book of Romans. You know this well-known passage, chapter 10, verse 14. It says, but how, so it says these words, for everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. It's what we want in this season, right? We want people to call in his name. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never even heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells him? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Guys, I, I would love us just as we finish. Apparently we're going to finish a bit quicker than what we thought. <laughs> Bear with me one minute. Otherwise I might have to run quickly here. Just, just listen to Holly play the guitar and be soothed by her music in this moment. <laughs> if there actually is a fire, don't worry, we'll get you out, don't worry. I just really feel that um, in this moment, you know, one of the things we really need to finish is we could easily go in and say, wasn't that a great night? I wasn't that powerful. And yet the words in this song, this was a song that was written out of this house. This was a song that was written in this moment, in this season, by our worship team. I guess I actually feel that this is one of the things we need to pray at the very end of this. Lord, would you breathe in these dry bones? Would you breathe in these dry bones? 
sometimes in our lives where it just feels like we don't have the urgency in our lives. You know, with Rahab, this is what we were saying here in Lurgan, you know, with the red cord, the scarlet cord that spoke that everyone in her house was going to be safe. But it reminded Rahab that actually every day when she looked at it, there was an urgency that she had to make sure her family were at home with her. And there was not a bit within her that was actually thinking, oh, I don't want to offend them. I don't want it to be awkward or weird when I try to tell them about there's, there's something that I know of that's about to happen and I, I really need to make sure that they know. Guys, there's a story that's unfolding that we know of. There's a story that's unfolding in our lives. There's a returning king and we know that he is returning. There's a story that we know of similar to what Rahab knew of and this is the urgency in our hearts at this moment that we need to be those who speak the truth. How can they hear without anyone telling them? And this is why I would love us to pray. I would love you to stand again with me, will you? I love you to just stand. Well, Holly, can we sing the bridge part? Let's breathe, Father. This is the invitation. Breathe in these dry bones. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the church of Jesus Christ. Say that with me, will you? We are the church of Jesus Christ. There's no greater responsibility. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And God, in this moment, God, I just pray that you would reawaken us to the purpose, God, that you have for us. We are the sent ones, God. We are the ones that you have sent into all the world to proclaim and to make you known. Go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them like we've done tonight in the name of the Father and the Son. But how can they know unless someone tells them? Go into all the world and make it known. So, God, this is our simply our prayer as your church at this time. Would you breathe on our dry bones? Would you raise us up to be your army once again, Jesus? At this time, would we stand up and fight, God, and make you known, God, at this time? God, we just prayed salvation would come, God, in our town at this time. Salvation would come in the lives, God, that we have we listed tonight. But, God, let it come through us, God. Use us, God, at this time. Breathe on us, God, at this time. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's pray this. This is an invitation in these words. Breathe on the dry and see an army awakening. Bringing new life to a broken nation. And as our praises rise, your name be glorified. A hallelujah song by 10,000 voices.
voice speak to us tonight and in Jesus name hallelujah hear O Israel the Lord thy God is one God and just as I have changed your name from Jacob to Israel I will cause you to contend with man and with God and with and will have power to prevail over the enemy are my beloved and treasured ones and I have come for your words tonight I have come for your prayers tonight I have come for these names tonight but the enemy has withheld me it says in the Bible in Daniel three weeks there will be contention in the spirit realm but let us contend for I believe the Lord God Almighty would say to us tonight that I will give you power and authority to prevail and have success over the evil one tonight. So let us contend. Let us contend for these loved ones. With all my heart and spirit, I believe the Lord God Almighty is crying out, contend, contend, contend and prevail because I have given you authority and power over the evil one tonight. So beloved, let's prevail and contend for these dear ones. My three prodigals are in that basket tonight and I'm calling my prodigals home. I'm calling them home and I want you to stand with me and pray for my prodigals. Will you do that? Will you stand for everyone in Emmanuel and pray for their prodigals and their sons and daughters? Lord, 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 how long must our hearts ache, oh God? But your will be done, Lord. In Jesus' name.
think we've done business tonight and uh, there's loads of kids here so we want to be true to our word around your time but you've heard the heart of Paul father for his prodigals and we've sang bring the lost home bring the lost home bring the lost home that was Rahab's cry bring my family home because here they're going to be safe if they're here, got the word of God and all the power of heaven, that they're going to be safe. So, Father, that's your prayer as we close tonight. Bring the lost home. Lord, may we be true to that word. May we contend for these people. May we go out of our comfort zones and knock their doors, speak into their lives invest in such a way that we can bring them along. So God, uh, we just give all of these names to you. We give this night to you. We give this day to you. We celebrate that you are a great God and there's no one like you in all the earth. And we love you. What an honor, what a privilege to be chosen in Christ. Be part of the body. So be with us tonight. Be with all our homes, all our families, surround them. And uh, Lord, as we often pray over our own loved ones, we can't hold them all the time, but you can. We can practically do it, but you can. You can hold them. So God, would you hold our loved ones tonight? Hold them in your care. In Jesus' name tonight. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Thanks so much for coming out tonight. Thank you for participating because that's what today has been about it's been all in Sunday but the participation of all these names affects our hearts and we're going to pray for these remember put those dates in your diary will you that 21st to 23rd weekend let's we'll be bathing these in prayer but let's get people into the room Jonathan has a gifting I I can tell you this from my experience of the man knowing him so well he has a gifting of bringing people over the line and um, that gifting and, and salvation and healing is very powerful in his life. So, bless you. Okay, take the rest of the night off. Get a wee cup of tea, piece of toast. Relax, put your feet up. Get to work tomorrow. God bless you in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.